Hi, I'm Ben Rizzuto, Wealth Strategist at Janice Henderson Investors. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. Just this past weekend, we all went through that biannual ritual of changing the clock back and forth and the disruption that comes with it. And one has to ask themselves after a while, why do we keep doing it? Why are we doing this? Welcome to the Best New Ideas in Money, a podcast from MarketWatch. I'm Stephanie Kelton. I'm an economist and a professor of economics and public policy at Stony Brook University. And I'm Charles Passy, a reporter at MarketWatch. Each week, we explore innovations in economics, finance, technology, and policy that rethink the way we live, work, spend, save, and invest. Was this March the last time we'll ever spring forward? The Tuesday after many of us adjusted the clocks, the Senate unanimously passed a bill that would keep us on daylight saving time year-round. I ask unanimous consent of S-623, a bill to make daylight saving time permanent. The House will vote on the bill next. This week, we're looking at what staying on daylight saving time, or DST as it's sometimes referred to, could mean for some surprising aspects of our lives. It's a topic that inspires strong feelings. Whether you prefer standard or daylight saving time, it is saving, not savings, by the way, is influenced by where you live, how you live, and what you do. So where did DST come from? Ben Franklin had the basic idea in 1784. He was 78 years old. He was U.S. ambassador to France. He used to go to diplomatic events that would last through the night and then sleep very late. David Prerau is the author of the book, Seize the Daylight, the curious and contentious story of daylight saving time. One day he woke up early, saw the sun shining in his window and said, I'm wasting all this beautiful sunshine. And meanwhile, using those expensive candles to light my home at night, would it be nice if everybody woke up earlier, made better use of daylight? So that's sort of the basic idea. Ben Franklin didn't have a mechanism to adjust the clocks at that moment in history. He wrote a satirical editorial in a French newspaper, calculating how many candles Parisians would save if they adjusted their daylight schedules. But daylight saving time wasn't actually tested until there were more pressing reasons. All the countries on both sides of World War I used daylight saving time. And when the U.S. got involved in 1918, we also put in daylight saving time. That's how it got started in the U.S. The U.S. adopted DST again in 1942 as a wartime measure, and ultimately it became standardized with the Uniform Time Act of 1966. Since then, we've adopted the spring forward fallback schedule, staying on daylight saving time for about eight months a year, usually from about March to November. Then we turned the clocks back for the winter, but that could change with the new Sunshine Protection Act. It sort of took everybody by surprise. It was passed very quickly. Tobias Burns covers economics, finance, and taxes for The Hill. Well, there were numerous sponsors of the bill in the Senate. It enjoyed broad bipartisan support. Marco Rubio was one of the co-sponsors of the bill. And then all of a sudden there was a positive reaction, certainly in the Senate where it was passed and also kind of in the public in general. And now it seems to be a little bit under more methodical consideration in the lower chamber. Were the senators just groggy from losing that hour of sleep? Now that the surprise of the quick Senate vote has worn off, Burns says more arguments, both for and against daylight saving, are emerging. 
The real debate is not over the clock switching. The real debate is whether you want the daylight in the morning or you want the daylight in the afternoon. Of course, I should complicate it one step further and say, you know, opinions differ about this with latitude or longitude. The more northernly you are, people feel stronger about having that daylight than uh, more southern latitudes because, you know, there is just more daylight towards the equator anyway. A common belief is that daylight saving time comes from a very specific group, the farmers. It's not really true from what I can tell, because industries are used to making adaptations based on this sort of scheduling change. And they're, you know, they're generally flexible. The real argument there is for when is consumer activity happening, because we want daylight when consumers are consuming for the economic advantages of, of having that increased productivity. According to a recent YouGov poll, 64% of respondents want to stop changing the clock twice a year. But people have differing opinions on which time to keep. If daylight saving time becomes our year-round default, as this bill proposes, it would affect some parts of the country much more than others. Here's David Prerau again. In winter, you get the major negative of very late sunrises. You would have in 8.30 sunrises in places like New York, Chicago, and Dallas, and Denver, and San Francisco. You'd have 9 a.m. sunrises, places like Detroit, Indianapolis, Minneapolis, and Seattle. So if you're having the sunrise at 8.30 or 9 o'clock, almost everybody who's going to work or going to school is getting up and going out the door in the pitch dark. And in addition to that, since we're talking about the winter, you're going out in the coldest part of the day. On the other hand, switching to year-round standard time would mean summer sunrises even before 4.30 in the morning in places like New York City, and sunsets around 7.30 at night instead of 8.30. People come at this question from either side, mainly based on their lifestyles or personal preferences. Are you a morning person or a night owl? Another thing we tend to forget is that we've already tried keeping daylight saving time year-round, and it did not go well. In fact, most Americans thought it was a nightmare. NBC News on the hour. I'm Andy McClellan. For the first time since World War II, Americans have begun a year-round experiment in energy conservation by setting their clocks ahead an hour. If you've been staying up... In 1974, a major oil embargo inspired Congress to pass a temporary year-round daylight saving time measure in the hopes of saving on energy costs. Here's David Prerau again. Oh, it seemed pretty good, and most people liked it before it passed, until it got to be the middle of winter. The middle of winter, it became very, very unpopular very quickly. People didn't like getting up to work in the dark, commuting in the pitch dark, and they certainly didn't like sending their kids out to school in the dark. So it, it lost popularity very quickly. And so even though it was a temporary two-year measure and would have lapsed after the second year, Congress repealed it after the first year. Yet, here we are again. So who wins if we keep to daylight saving time? As the late author Michael Downing told Marketplace, retail comes out on top. As the Chamber of Commerce has known since 1915, when they first started to push for a national daylight saving law, if you give Americans sunlight after work, they tend to stop and shop on their way home. As Downing wrote in his book, Spring Forward, The Annual Madness of Daylight Saving Time, in the past, stores, restaurants, and the golf industry, and makers of barbecue equipment have all lobbied for daylight saving time. 
After Congress extended daylight saving time, giving us the schedule we have now, the golf industry estimated it was worth an additional $200 million in sales and green fees. The barbecue industry said it was worth $100 million in additional sales of grills and charcoal briquettes. David Prerau thinks, shopping aside, getting people outside is a real benefit. The best benefit of daylight saving time is that extra hour that gets people outside and have the public health benefit of getting people moving around rather than sitting home watching TV. Coming up, what unexpected effects daylight saving time could have on your health and your money? That's after the break. Hello, I'm Laura Castleton, U.S. Head of Portfolio Construction and Strategy at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of brighter futures for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. Welcome back to the Best New Ideas in Money. Before the break, we heard about why daylight saving time was invented, as well as some of the potential benefits of DST. But many, including some medical experts, think moving off standard time has real downsides. We have this internal clock that is set by the sun. And so our body takes the light cues that we receive every day and uses that to determine when we should sleep and when we should wake up. Aaron Flynn Evans is a circadian physiologist and sleep researcher. During daylight saving time, when we set our clocks to a time that's a little bit offset from sunrise, so for most people during daylight saving time, our clocks will be set so that we're waking up a little bit before sunrise. That creates what we call circadian misalignment. So we have to wake up earlier than our bodies would like to wake up during the entire season of daylight saving time. And when you do that day after day after day, that can lead to pretty significant negative health consequences. Springing forward has been shown to increase the number of fatal car crashes and strokes, though those effects are only seen for a short while after the time change. When people experience perpetual circadian misalignment, we see increases in cancer risk. And in particular, we can see that across time zones, people who live on the eastern end of time zones have a decreased cancer risk compared to those who live on the western ends of the time zone where there's a later sunset. Um, and in part, that may be because people on the western edges of the time zone have a greater circadian misalignment, but they also probably get a bit less sleep. And so that's a pretty significant concern. We also see increased risks of cardiovascular disease and diabetes that are associated with circadian misalignment. Flynn Evans thinks staying on standard time would be better for sleep and for our health overall. The Sunshine Protection Act that passed the Senate recently would have the U.S. adopt daylight saving time, not standard. 
Standard time is the way that we set our clocks in each of our time zones before we began this practice of switching back and forth. And the reason that standard time is called standard time is because it's best aligned with when sunrise and sunset happen throughout the year. It's sort of the best middle ground. If we set our clocks to daylight saving time, there will be a whole variety of consequences that people might not be thinking about. I think it would be awful, and I really, I really hope that we don't go down that path. Flynn Evans says the effects of ditching standard time could have an impact on our wallets as well as our wellness. There have been a couple of studies that have looked at sunset time and earnings, and they found that later sunset is associated with less sleep and lower earnings overall. Actually, a one-hour increase in weekly sleep increases earnings by 1.1% in the short term and somewhere between 5 and 16% in the long run. So, you know, I think that we don't always think about how our sleep or well-being impacts our productivity at work and impacts our ability to be effective and then earn a higher wage, but there are pretty significant consequences. And I would say in particular, we really have to be careful about how we set our clocks because daylight saving time would mean that we have a later sunset year round. Time changes have also been shown to affect the stock market. We all like to kid ourselves in the market that we're totally objective, rational beings, and we only react to new information in a statistically rigorous way. But in fact, we don't. And daylight savings is a perfect example of how we don't. Mark Hulbert is a senior columnist at MarketWatch. It turns out that on the Monday after the Sunday in which we go in the spring, spring forward, onto daylight savings time, the stock market on average, but in a statistically significant way, performs less well than average. And the theory behind it, according to the professors who conducted the research, is that the fact that we have lost an hour of sleep has thrown us off sufficiently that we tend to look at the glass as half empty as opposed to half full. And that is all that's needed for us to more likely sell than we otherwise would. One other example that is of the same phenomenon, which inclines me to believe this story about daylight savings, is one in which the study found that there's a correlation between the stock market's performance on a given day and whether the sun is shining or not in the city in which that stock market is based. While the market might dip right after we spring forward, one analysis in Bloomberg says the market performs slightly better overall during daylight saving time. So maybe that extra hour of evening light helps us recover our optimism. There's a case to be made for adopting either DST or standard time, but author David Prerau has a different point of view. Yeah, I think that the current system is about the best we can do. We only have a certain amount of daylight in the winter. You can't manufacture more. The only thing you can do is move it around to the place that has the best benefit. I think the problem is that people don't make any preparation for that loss of time. Loss of an hour of daylight saving time is no different than going from Chicago to New York, switching a time zone, which is the same as going from Paris to London. So I think that's the problem with our current system. Nobody plans anything about daylight saving time. They stay up the normal amount of time, 
And all of a sudden they wake up and they're groggy because they lost an hour of sleep. If they had a day or two before gone to sleep a little earlier, I think a lot of those problems might be minimized. Maybe not to completely eliminated, but, but minimized to a great extent. As it currently stands, the Sunshine Protection Act still needs to be voted on by the House. If it passes, the legislation would go to President Biden for his signature, but there's no guarantee that I'll sign it. So maybe we'll fall back later this year. Maybe we won't. Thanks for listening to the best new ideas in money. You can subscribe to the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like the show, please leave us a review. As you probably know, it's the best way for other listeners to discover us. If you have ideas for future episodes, drop us a line or send us a voicemail at bestnewideasinmoney at marketwatch.com. Thanks to David Prerow, Aaron Flynn Evans, Tobias Burns, and Mark Holbert. To learn more about Daylight Saving Time, head to marketwatch.com. I'm Stephanie Kelton. And I'm Charles Passy. The Best New Ideas in Money is a podcast from MarketWatch, produced by Best Case Studios. Suzanne Myers is our producer. Our associate producer is Hannah Leibowitz Lockard. The executive producer for Best Case Studios is Adam Pincus. For MarketWatch, Melissa Haggerty is the executive producer, and the associate producer is Katie Ferguson. Jeremy Binks is our news editor. This episode was mixed by Katie Ferguson. The Best New Ideas in Money theme was composed by Sam Retzer. Stephanie Kelton is an economist and professor of economics and public policy at Stony Brook University and not part of the Market Watch newsroom. We'll be back next week with another new idea. Technology can make the world better. At UST, we're building a future where people everywhere are empowered to live better lives. It's transformation you can feel. And you don't have to do it alone. We believe in the power of technology to transform businesses and build a better world.